Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Yesterday, Jesus, in referring to Exodus 21 and Leviticus 20, called out the Pharisees for their hypocrisy, the way that they would dishonor their mother and father, how according to Levitical law, they would be due the death penalty. He also referred to Isaiah 29, so that it, it described them as they worshiped in vain, honoring God with their lips while their hearts were far from him and mistaking uh, teaching human doctrine as though it were, uh, uh, as though uh, teaching as doctrine, something that's really just a human command. And so right on the heels of that comes verse 10 of Matthew 15. Summoning the crowd, he told them, listen and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. Right? It's not about the stuff you eat or your refusal to observe a tradition given by the elders to wash your hands and then you eat. That's not what defiles you. What defiles you is your, your vain worship. You're, you're honoring God with your lips, though your heart is far from Him. God finds that detestable. He's going to spew you out of His mouth. Verse 12, Then the disciples came up and told Him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? <laughs> yes, He did. Blessed are those who are not offended by Him. Do you remember that in Matthew chapter 10? He replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant will be uprooted. We just saw this in the previous chapter. The weeds sown among the wheat, they were put there by the devil. He just used the parable of the wheat and the weeds to describe them as children of the devil. And it's going to get, the, the gloves will come further off even as the text continues. Leave them alone, Jesus said of the, uh, of the Pharisees to the disciples. They are blind guides. Take a minute to consider that oxymoron, a blind guide. You're telling people where to go don't know where you're going, don't know what you're doing. It's incredibly hypocritical and dangerous and unethical of you. If you don't know where you're going, don't guide people. If you, have, if you don't know the Word of God, don't position yourself as a spiritual teacher. Right? If you have no sense of vision, do not try to take people somewhere. And if the blind guide the blind, both will fall into a pit. That means that if you're being led by somebody who's blind, it's on you too, friend. If you're following a guy who doesn't know the Word, who mistakes human wisdom as though it were a godly command, who can't tell the difference between divine inspired scripture and mere tradition or preference, you're going to go into the pit right along with him. So both the guide who is blind is wrong and the person who follows the blind, they're also going to fall into a pit. This is why at the Redemption Church and at JCM, we only go through the word of God. Then Peter said, explain this parable to us. By the way, that includes even our, uh, the two series we've done on apologetics and evangelism. Those likewise would carve out scripture and go through them. Anyway, back to this. Then Peter said, explain this parable to us. Verse 16, do you still lack understanding? He asked, don't you realize that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart and this defiles a person. Remember, he's just quoted Isaiah 29, about vain worship, honoring God with your lips, though your heart is far from Him. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, and slander. These exist within churches right now. That defiles you when you slander someone 
When you bear false testimony from somebody, that came out of your heart and that has defiled you. These are the things that defile a person. But eating with unwashed hands does not defile a person. Remember, it's not about hygiene. It's about their refusal to adhere to an elder tradition that was a ceremonial washing. And so they're not defiled. The Pharisees are defiled. The disciples are not defiled because of what they eat. The Pharisees are the ones who are defiled because as they sit there, they're plotting Jesus' murder. That's why the, the first example that he gives, from the heart come evil thoughts. He's been calling them out for their thoughts numerous times. Remember our series, our, our sermon on the healing of the, of the paralyzed man who was lowered through the hole in the ceiling. He called them out for their thoughts. Murders, they're currently plotting a murder right then and there. Adulteries, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, he called them out. If you even look at a woman lustfully, you've committed murder in your heart. Sexual immoralities, that runs even then. The gamut, thefts, false testimonies, slander. These are the things that defile a person, but not the disciples' refusal to adhere to the traditional hand-washing ceremony before they ate. They, this is a sound and harsh rebuke. It, it runs in continuity from yesterday's devotion that came from, uh, that came from uh, the opening verses of this, of this passage. Look, these guys were teaching as though it were doctrine, just a human tradition. They nullified the Word of God because of their traditions. That's chapter 15, verse 6. So from the beginning of this chapter all the way to this person, it's all one contiguous train of, uh, train of thought. It's a singular event that spurred on this rapid-fire series of teachings that all fits within this basic cohesive theme. And he shows that, ironically, the Pharisees who accused the disciples of, of being defiled because of their refusal to adhere to tradition were actually the ones who were defiled because of what was coming out of their hearts, as indicated by the words that spewed out of their mouths, their slander, their false testimony, their murder. They were the ones who were defiled. So if you've been rebuked or hurt by a church because you didn't adhere to a tradition or a custom, I want you to come to chapter 15 and be healed. We Christians are not perfect, though we serve a perfect creator. And we get it wrong sometimes. We can really beat up on the Pharisees here, but man, we're guilty of the same things. Like I pointed out earlier, I mean, you can tell that hits home. Like I've borne firsthand witness to that. I've seen pastors slander each other. Right? I've seen, I've seen uh, Christians all over the Pacific Northwest bear false witness against each other. It's a ruinous effect. It's really tragic. We're no better than the Pharisees here. We're guilty of the same kinds of things. So if you've been hurt by a church, know that you've been hurt by a church too. Okay? Like there's a club here. And, and it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. Your only response is to see to it that your worship is not in vain. That your heart is not far from God. And that you have the discernment to both take the plank out of your own eye before you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you also know the procedure that's about to be given in three chapters. You go one-on-one -on -one to somebody who has sinned against you. You don't do what the Pharisees just did here and try to make a big public spectacle because it backfired. They didn't even have grounds. Had they gone one-on-one -on -one to one of the disciples or even to Jesus, then it would have been a one-on-one -on -one exchange. But now as it stands, it, they've just, they've just uh, put the ball on the tee and handed Jesus the Louisville slugger and said, go to town. And they've just set him up for a profound teaching moment. Remember... Remember that we Christians can get it wrong and we can 
elevate our personal preferences and our traditions over something that's biblically commanded. The internet age only gives rise to this. We have new traditions, okay? They're called blogs. And we have Christian news sites, for example. There's not an example of these prescribed biblically anywhere. This is a new tradition. Do not mistake Christian publication. I have a history, I have a, I have a career, I have a book out now, all right, through a major Christian publisher. Like, don't mistake publication for biblical authority. Just because something is published on the internet or even in print doesn't mean that it has the full weight of biblical authority. That's why the only things that I publish are just things that study this, because it's the only thing to me really worth publishing. Forgive Christian culture for getting it wrong. Forgive your church who hurt you in the name of personal preference and tradition for getting it wrong. But don't cast the whole thing out. Because at the core of Christianity, even etymologically, is Christ. And He is perfect. He is flawless. He's the one who gave this teaching, a scathing rebuke of religious leadership for mistaking human tradition for doctrine, for the slander and the murder and the adultery and the sexual immorality that emanated from their very hearts. They were the ones who were defiled, not the disciples. How sad is it that the defiled ones were calling others defiled? The hypocrisy is astounding. And as we'll see in Isaiah, woe to you who call good evil and evil good. So if you've been chewed up, spat out, and publicly shamed by a church over nothing, no fault of your own, I want you to come and find solace and also self-correction for ways in which you may have erred in Matthew chapter 15. Look at this text. See to it that you don't then respond to slander with slander, to false testimony with false testimony. Don't, don't try to stack sin on top of sin. See to it that this text describes what not to do as you look at the Pharisees and find solace in what Jesus has said here truly, that you're not the defiled one. Okay, you're not the defiled one if you refuse to adhere to a church tradition or custom or preference. Rather, those who would slander you, bear false witness against you with murder in their hearts and sexually immoral lives, they're the ones who are defiled. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, and slanders. These are the things that defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile a person. Jesus weighed in on a dispute on personal preference and custom. And the guys who came out on the other end looking like the bad guys were actually the ones who made the accusation in the first place. So do not be quick to accuse. Be able to distinguish between personal preference and the Word of God. There's safety in this. Every time we depart from what is biblically described in exchange for a tradition, we step onto weaker ground. And I've never seen the biblical process for handling confrontations like these fail. But I see catastrophe run amok when we close Matthew 18, which is coming up in our study, in exchange, try to handle these kind of disputes on our own terms. I'm sorry if you've been hurt by a church. I've been hurt by a church too. I'm sorry if you've been let down by a pastor. I've been a pastor who's let people down myself. So would you forgive me? Forgive the pastors who have hurt you. Forgive the other Christians who have gossiped about you. Would you forgive, forgive, forgive?